Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open, or you just love the convenience of no-shells pistachios, wonderful pistachios is the perfect healthy snack when hunger strikes. I happen to love me my pistachios. Uh, I don't want to screw around with the nuts, so I love the no-shells pistachios. Anyway, there are a bunch of flavors to choose from, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno, lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts, and each ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile, and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Literally, $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I just want to get your hair gel, Rob Lowe. (laughs) You like it? I do. It's a little... No, you look so cute. Hey, everybody. Rob Lowe here. Um, it's literally, and I've got my big boy pants on today because I've got a real journalist, and I don't want to embarrass myself. And it's my favorite kind of journalist. Smart, funny, and dare I say it, the OG America's sweetheart. Katie Couric. I mean, come on. Huh? Huh? I can't believe that we're at a place where I'm interviewing Katie Couric because I can remember being a young actor flying into New York all nervous, rolling up to the Today Show. It's like 4.30 in the morning LA time. And there's Katie Couric all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And I'm like, and that's my turn. Katie Couric. I was trying to think of the first time you and I ever it would have been the Today Show for sure, but I feel like it must have been a billion years ago. It was probably. You know, I think back on when I started at the Today Show in 1991, wow. and that was a long time ago, Rob. I mean, oh, crazy, a, right? A long, and you know, on my end of it, it was always like, okay, you're going to New York to promote this movie or TV show, and you're going to do the day, Today Show, and then it was like, well, who's interviewing me? Because there was always like the, the th- like, you wanted you, like, like I, like, you want Katie, but sometimes you can get lucky. Ah, that's so nice. That's such a sweet thing to say. Thank you. But yeah, everybody has it, right? And it goes on to this day when you go, when you do the morning shows, it's like, oh boy, I got, you know, I, I drew the, I drew the short straw. But uh, <laughs> I think everyone does a pretty good job. I think, you know, people have different approaches. I think Bryant was a little more prickly, right? A little bit and just a bit, a, a tougher customer, I think. But I think Brian, you know, had a little bit more of an edge. Yeah, you never knew. Yeah, you're right. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> it was always it was always like he was super smart, super articulate. You knew you were going to go into interesting places, but you also didn't know if he was just going to bolo punch you in the yeah. middle of the interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I think Bryant was one of the most talented 
is one of the most talented broadcasters. Um, and certainly when I worked with him, he was just unbelievably gifted, Rob, in terms of doing live television. Mm. Um, and I, I learned an awful lot from him. I mean, just so quick on his feet, so good at, you know, talking for seven seconds when you had seven seconds before the commercial break, you know, and so I'd be hard. like, well, <laughs> You're like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Thank you. But it's true. You do see that not everybody can can do that. And and you see it when there's breaking news and all of a sudden the the prompter is off. Yeah. Yeah. And and the person who you've watched forever on TV is like can't string words together. It it happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it it I think it's it's about your comfort level. The more you do it, the more comfortable you feel. Um, you know, it took me a long time to, to really just be able to talk naturally on television and to kind of roll with the punches because it, it is hard. And I remember on nine 11, Rob, where all this news was coming in and bits and pieces and trying to put it together and trying to fill the time while we got somebody else. And I mean, that was so um, insane. And of course, it was such a critically important day. And I it was such an enormous responsibility to tell people what was going on. But I had been doing the show for, gosh, I think uh, 10 years. Mm. And I'm glad that I had those 10 years under my belt when that day happened. Well, and also, the as a human being, what you're feeling in New York you know, the adre- the personal adrenaline on top yeah. of all that pressure must have been unbelievable. It was terrifying. 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 Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you had all these parents running to schools to pick up their kids. And uh, our nanny was at, at NYU taking classes. My kids were at school. I was working. I had a friend who was on a plane uh from Boston, who I didn't no. know whether that was one of the one of the hijacked planes. My parents lived in Northern Virginia when the Pentagon thing happened. That was terrifying because you just didn't know. You had no sense of how many planes were out there, uh, how many hijackers were on how many planes. So it was really, really scary because there was so little known about what was happening. I I can't even imagine just in terms of the broadcasting, there's the the thing when when big events happen, say for example in sports, a walk-off home run or whatever, you know, the 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 industry standard now is let the moment play for itself. Don't talk over it necessarily. Right. But like if you but when it's a tragedy, what do you what do you say? What do you not say? I mean I I, I can't imagine the pressure of having to both be a, a, a human watching it and having, you know, the feelings, and the, but then having to edit them through the prism of being live on the air. You know, I remember Tom Brokaw came in sort of a few hours into 9-11, and I was just in awe of, of his eloquence and his timing and the way he summoned words. Mm you know, in an instant and how they always felt so appropriate right? and insightful. I, you know, it's a real, it's a real gift and a real talent people have. And, you know, Tom is amazing, uh, one of the best. And I think Bob Costas is as well. Bob, I agree. Bob is just, um, I think in a league of his own, so to speak, yeah, when it comes that. to to sports casting. I mean, he's just he's just a, such a wordsmith, and again, has that insight that always feels like there's value added. Yes, it's not sort of superfluous, and it's just always insightful. So, yeah, I mean, there are some real masters, master class broadcasters out there. So we all know that journalism has changed so much and, and continues with with social media and the state of television such as it is or isn't. Do, do you feel like that we're still creating 
the class of journalists that, you know, the Edward R. Murrows, the Walter Cron- Cronkites, the you, the, 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 all of the people that, that have traditionally been around in traditional media. Now that media is not traditional, where are those people coming from and are, are we getting them? I think that, you know, still in traditional media, there are people who are doing incredible work and they're really handling situations, doing breaking news, doing very insightful interviews. I think because everything is so fragmented, they're just no longer becoming the household names they were when there were fewer options. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't think there's a small, a small group of trusted voices that are known by everyone. And I thought, I often say mass media has become an oxymoron because it's just, it's, it's niche media. It's everyone getting information from different sources, a different kind of, uh, sort of panoply of information that may come from your phone, from social media, from the New York Times or the Atlantic. And everybody, I think, is putting together or fashioning their own media diets, if you will. So as a result, you know, you just, I mean, when I started out, and I think about this a lot, there were three, really three established networks Uh, Cable news had just started, but in terms of really the lion's share of ratings, you had the three morning shows and you didn't have iPhones until 2007, 2008. So really after I left the Today Show. So, you know, in the morning now I look at my phone, I see what's going on. I read my newsletters and I don't rely on television nearly as much because it's all in the palm of my hand. We have little mini TVs now. And by the time that's the, God forbid, the nightly news, you've had 3,000 opportunities to see what the news is. So yeah. why, why do you need to see the person at night giving you th- the news? Well, sometimes I think there is there is something nice about someone sort of reviewing the day's news and someone curating it for you and showing you the pictures and kind of getting it in 22 minutes because that's all the nightly news is, Amazing. 22 minutes without, you know, without commercial breaks. So, you know, I still think that can serve a purpose, but there's not a lot of depth, as I found out, in the nightly news because you just don't have time. Well, is it? I was going to ask you about that because not only were you the first woman to, to 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 have the big seat at, at one of the big three but you also were and it's not the right term you weren't the editor but you managing the, editor managing yeah. you were a managing editor so like I, I I can imagine what it's like on the morning shows because when I grew up in the morning shows were pretty much hard news I mean they had entertainment and they had but now it's all I mean the only place doing hard news in the morning is CBS morning news as far as I can tell and the other ones are, are more, they just are. They just are not, that's not where they go, really. Well, I, I I don't know if that's fair because I do think for the first half hour or so, um, when I watch the Today Show and I'm still loyal to the Today Show. I know, I like I, I like I, you guys. I don't know if that's true. I like it. You <laughs> stood up for the they, old team. But they do, they do breaking news and harder news. Um, I don't think it is as hard as it, was once. Um, but I think even by the time I left the morning, you know, the, the today show, Rob, there, it, it was less and less sort of serious news. And, um, I think they were responding to attention spans getting shorter and the fragmentation that was happening with desktops and, um, and, and more media outlets. So, I do think they still try to do hard news and I think I think they do a very good job and you've got really, you know, very serious journalists like George Stephanopoulos and yeah. Savannah uh yep. covering those important stories. So by um, the way, George is a great interview. I mean, and George is a guy, he's got a he, he he's got a little Bryant in him. Like he, 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 he's, and I love him. We have great times when I'm on, on the show. In fact, I'm going on the show um, in a couple of weeks and, but he's, 
one of those guys that can do the entertainment stuff and then hit you with the ball of punch too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he prefers the sort of harder news. I filled in for Robin Roberts before my syndicated show started. And I remember like at 720, they were doing J-Lo and I guess her Casper. Remember, she was dating one of her dancers for a while. Yes. And their new music music video was coming out. And I think they must have been showing it at like 720 or something. And I turned to George and I said, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> how, do you, how do you do this every day? Meaning, you know, I and I yeah, like so- I like pop culture as much as the next person. But it just seemed like, wow, it was really early for J-Lo. And he said, that's why I do the the Sunday show. I remember turning to, to Whoopi early in one of the View appearances. Because I've known Whoopi since the early '80s, uh-huh. and they, the you know those girl, those girls are all. It's I love doing the View because they're it's like being pecked to death by wonderful women. It's from from my perspective, it's yeah. great. I, I feel I very feel very puffed up when I leave there. <laughs> but I but when I they were talking about the Kardashians, I looked at, at the break. I said, "How do you?" I said, "How do you do it?" She goes, "I told them when I when I when I came here, I will not talk about the Kardashians. I won't do it." And so it's so hilarious where we'll be carved out like I'll do the pop culture, but I, I even I draw the line somewhere. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, I remember getting in trouble because I was at some breakfast thing and somebody from Us Weekly said, what do you think of the Kardashians? And I said something like, I just don't understand why they're famous. And somebody on my talk show had sent Kim a baby present and then she posted I guess she hurt I guess that was printed in Us Weekly and she posted me as some like fake friend and I was like guilty I but but (laughs) but 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 now honestly I mean you've got to hand it to the Kardashians they are machines they are a phenomenon like real housewives I you know and I think of these pop culture um you know icons and and people who are doing who have captured the public's imagination and you have to give them credit for their marketing acumen and the the fact that they are really filling a need in the public imagination for you know one oh 100 i i i i give it i totally give it up to to, to them it's not it's not my thing but and and I don't understand how it all began, you know. But why would be doing the same thing? Why wouldn't you be trying to be an entrepreneur? Do I mean you can't argue with the success at all, at all. And um, it's but it is it's an it's unbelievable phenomenon. Yeah, unbelievable. It's funny. Um, I'm interviewing later today, Jan Wenner. Ah, and oh right! Did he write book, a book? Or yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. And and I was, I mean, talk about. I figured he's he's sort of the Steve Jobs of entertainment coverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, when you th- really think about it, um, and there's never been anything like the uh, the 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 Kardashians. There was never anybody like them in the era where we all grew up watching right. pop culture. It'll be interesting if you're if you talk to Jan about that and. Also interesting because Rolling Stone just doesn't have the cultural cachet it once had. Oh, rock and roll doesn't. None of it. It's all over, which, it, which is fine. I mean, every, every, everything, you know, there's a season for everything, as the good book says. But it's over. You can't, not going to tell me it's over. I hope he says it's not over and we can fight because it's over. It's, it, it, nobody cares. They care about other things. You don't think they care about rock and roll? No, nobody cares about rock and roll. They care about music. They care about music for sure, but it's other types of music. It's just you know, it's like, you know, I, I was watching Amadeus the other day, which is a great movie. I love that movie. It, it, oh my god, is it's it's so good and worth revisiting. But you realize that was pop music in their time. So rock and roll was pop music in my time. It isn't anymore. Neither is the music of Mozart. So everything moves, everything, and that to me, that's the thing. Like about trying to find the balance as I get older of open to new things, not judgmental about the stuff that was important to me that isn't anymore. 
and not not to be the what's the meme of the old man on the yard <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean do, do you know what i'm Get saying my in my yard. day in my day if you turned on the radio there were artists who wrote their own music that meant something you know it's like you, you just you got to be fresh and 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 realize er, the culture sees the things through the eyes of the people who are of that time yeah it's true and it's it's no longer our time, Rob Lowe. It's no longer. We're over. <laughs> um. <laughs> Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky? Same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment? There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone, and an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's Harry's com slash rob for a three dollar trial set shopping for humans is hard shopping for your dog is easy thanks to bark every month we deliver toys and treats just for your pup they deserve to be spoiled every month at bark we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra tough toys from super chewer we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com slash Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. So the paperback came out of going there. Mm-hmm. It did. Um, I love that. That means more people... I had no idea like the, the, the power of paperbacks. It really is a thing. It's like all of a sudden you can throw it in your beach bag or you're, you know, when you're going on a little vacation. It's Hopefully. A, it, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be more Ducats coming in, Ms. Gorick, from the paperback. It's going to be. Um, stand Up to Cancer, right? You were one of the original, the OGs of Stand Up to Cancer when that was first came out. Is that that's, yeah. right? Yes. And it was at Laura Ziskin? Laura Ziskin, Sherry Lansing. There's yes. uh, nine women. Lisa Paulson, who was head of the Entertainment Industry Foundation mm-hmm. at the time. Kathleen Lobb, good friend of mine. Uh Sue Schwartz, Rusty. I mean, there's a whole crew of us. And we were actually, um, I was working on sort of trying to figure out a way to raise more money for 
for cancer research. At the same time, Laura Ziskin, who was a very uh, successful Hollywood producer who subsequently passed away, while she was dealing with breast cancer, she and Sherry Lansing and some other women kind of wanted to do the same thing. So we joined forces and, um, and started Stand Up to Cancer with an emphasis on collaboration instead of competition, with, mm-hmm. the, with the focus on raising badly needed research dollars for all these brilliant scientists. So that was in 2008, I think, when we had our first show. And we've raised over $700 million for cancer research and established, you know, dozens of dream teams who are focused on a particular aspect of cancer. So it's been, you know, it's been really exciting. I remember, Rob, walking into the Hollywood Theater or whatever, one of the big theaters in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and just seeing, you know, these huge sets and all these stars and and thinking, wow, you know, and I always think of that Margaret Mead quote, never, never doubt the ability of a small group of committed people to change the world. And indeed, mm. indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. I didn't get it quite right. But the mm-hmm. fact that these women, you know, this nine women really frustrated by the pace of cancer research got together and said, we we need to do something about this and did. It's just remarkable to me. It's extraordinary. And from, from where I sit on it, it, it sort of, I know this probably wasn't the case, but it so arrived fully formed. I was, I was a part of that first show and I walked in and had the same reaction. I mean, it was like the Academy Awards. Right? I mean, this was like no bus and truck version. I mean, you know what I'm saying? This was, it felt like it had existed forever in, in, in all the right ways. And I love the partnership with Major League Baseball right. is, is amazing. They do great things with that. And, and MasterCard um, and a bunch of American Airlines and, you know, people like you who have stepped up and helped us through the years. Uh, it's been really remarkable and something I'm, I'm enormously proud of. And we've, our researchers have contributed to, I think, nine new FDA approved drugs wow. for cancer. And, you know, I hope we're making more progress because, we need to, um, you know, there's still a lot of people who are, who are dying of cancer, who are being diagnosed late. And it's, it's really, really unacceptable. It, it sounds so simple. Sometimes when things sound so simple, I kind of go, yeah, there's gotta be more to it than that when it's so simple, but like, you know, you've been very vocal about getting your mammograms, you know, and, and, you know, just colonoscopies. Uh, colonoscopy i'm overdue i admit it get in there dude i've done it but now i gotta do it again um and you know i lost my great grandma grandma and mother all to breast cancer so um you know it's a it's it really is an important thing in my life i I was the first male spokesman for breast cancer awareness um back in the day back in the mid back in the 2000 i think it was something like that but um that's job one right is is early detection yeah it totally is. And, you know, I recently have talked about what happened to me and the fact that, shockingly, I was diagnosed with uh, a tumor the size of an olive in my left breast. I was six months late for my mammogram because I think COVID just kind of distorted our sense of time. And yeah. uh, I think it got a lot of people off schedule because facilities shut down and we were understandably focused on how to eradicate COVID. And uh, and I feel so fortunate that I that they were able to to diagnose this early, do a lumpectomy, give me radiation. Now I have to go on a medication Uh to ensure that it doesn't, that I don't have a reoccurrence. And, um, you know, women just have to really advocate for their own health. And you have to, you know, 
you have to get your colonoscopy, Rob. And I'm, I, I'm literally, I, I think, I, I believe there's a reason for everything that you and I talk today. So I'm, when I when I'm done here, I'm 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 gonna book it. Okay, sure. good. And and you know, women have to put it on their calendars, and they have to stay on top of all their screenings. And I I didn't by six months, and I'm just really glad I went when I did. And that I had access to incredible Medicare medical care. You know, one of the things I'm trying to do is educate women about dense breasts because half of, I mean, 45 to 50 percent of all women 40 and over have dense breasts, which are indicated on a mammogram. Yep. And dense breasts make the tissue of like a potentially problematic area and the dense breast tissue itself are kind of indistinguishable. My breast radiologist described it as trying to find a snowball in a field of snow. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of these women, breast ultrasounds are necessary or something called a fast MRI, which I think are in clinical trials across the country. But so many women don't realize this and their doctors don't tell them and their insurance doesn't cover it. And I think that's just unacceptable because. So, in other words, they go in. They go in for a mammogram, mm-hmm. not knowing they have dense breasts, and the mammogram probably isn't going to be that helpful for them. Right. But they don't even know. But they don't even know that. Right. No one's so, told them. So, thirty-eight states, and now I think the FDA is gonna, going to implement a policy that requires all doctors in every state to inform a patient that they have dense breasts, um, and. And be more specific about what that means. Because even in New York, my radiologist said, so we may say, or doctors in New York may say, by the way, uh, you have dense breasts, your mammogram is fine. So what do you do with that information? If you don't have the education to understand that, oh, well, maybe the mammogram can't see everything and maybe Mm -hmm. it's helpful. Certainly 3D mammograms are better than standard mammograms because they give a much fuller picture. But there's a chance that, you know, that you need something uh, additional screening and and they don't tell women that. So now I'm trying to educate all those women. We're talking about millions of women, Rob, who, you know, half of all women uh, who have this situation and they just they don't know a to ask for additional screening and b their insurance won't cover it so they don't get it because they can't afford it and that to me is just unacceptable so what what's the fix if you could if well, you could magically have the fix i'm i'm working with this congresswoman from C- Connecticut named Rosa Deloro and by the way there've been a lot of amazing women who have gotten the laws changed in states for example in ohio now, uh, this this great woman named Michelle Young, who's the mammogram missed her breast cancer. And by the time she got an ultrasound, she was stage four, even though she had mm-hmm. gone for mammograms every year. And so wow. she got the law changed in Ohio, where aside from the duc- deductible, that women are that that breast ultrasounds for women with dense breasts are now covered in the state of Ohio. That is true in 14 states and the District of Columbia, and I believe two more states will have it go into effect early next year. But every state should have it. So Rosa DeLauro, I think, is introducing legislation that will require insurance companies to pay for additional screening for women with dense breasts. It's ironic because my sister, Emily, who died of pancreatic cancer 21 years ago this week, when my husband, Jay, died of colon cancer, she was a state senator in Virginia, and she passed legislation in the state of Virginia that said insurance companies had to pay for screening colonoscopies starting at age 50. Like no ifs, ands, or buts about it, so to speak. Now it's 45. You're with the yeah. age you should start getting screened because more and more young people are being diagnosed with colorectal cancer. But after my sister Emily did that, I think 26 states followed suit and said, you have got to pay for screening colonoscopies. And it makes economic sense, Rob, because you think about how much money it costs to treat cancer. If you can diagnose it early, have 
you know, do what I did, a lumpectomy and radiation. I didn't have to have chemotherapy. Um, I think it's it it makes financial sense too. Well, particularly if if the theory is your your insurance is going to pay for a mammogram, and and, it, and, and a mammogram is is not effective or not for a, those you know numbers. or needs not effective enough, right? You know, yeah, yeah for for the for the people who have the de- for women who have the dense breast yeah. things, then then if you're already paying for the mammogram, at least pay for what is going to actually give you the the information you need, right? Which you're not currently not getting. Pay for it, and also like let women know they need it. Sounds pretty basic, doesn't it? No, this is good. I I have this overwhelming thing of okay, I gotta get, make sure Cheryl's gonna. I mean, like, yeah, make sure Cheryl's up to date, and 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 tell her to ask, do I have dense breasts? And if she so, does, by the way, oh. and I, she and she has dense breasts, so she knows this. I I was aware of this, but I don't know. But it's interesting. I think she knows. So mammograms are not always. She for sure knows that, but I don't think she, that she's extrapolated it to. And by the way, I need to get the additional. Yeah, ultrasound. Ultrasound. Tell her to look into that. Yeah, for sure. Transform your bathroom cleaning with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner. You just spray today and rinse tomorrow for a no scrub clean with over 33,000 five-star reviews. This is your once-a-week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who've switched to an easier clean. Get your wet and forget weekly shower cleaner today and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. Sirius XM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Tell me a little bit before we go also about Katie Couric Media. Oh, okay. Tell me what you're doing. <laughs> what do you got cooked up over there at Katie Couric Media? Um, well, you know, I had done sort of everything I could do in network television and really For sure. It. Oh, my God, you have. And really, sure. really enjoyed it. But I also love to work. And I'm, I think, no. a lot like you, Rob. I'm endlessly curious about the world mm-hmm. and people and trends and what's going on. And so- yep. My husband and I, uh, John has a finance background. He was a banker and he's a very astute business man. And he said, you know, we realize that, well, of course, everyone thinks they're a journalist now, and, but, but, you know, <laughs> you don't really need a huge network operation. You don't have to have the infrastructure. It's nice, by the way. And I, I really appreciated my colleagues and everything that, that I had access to when I worked at worked at a network, 
But with disintermediation, the ability to go straight to consumers, just like other entrepreneurs, it provided uh, an opportunity to be more entrepreneurial about information. And so we thought, well, you want to keep working. I wasn't ready to retire and drink pina coladas on the beach. Um, And so basically we said, what can we do? So we started this company We work primarily, our financial model is a little different. We work with purpose-driven brands who care about big issues like health and wellness or, you know, uh, all the things you and I have been talking about, gender equality, racial justice, environmental sustainability, you know, all kinds of things because I don't know if you've read the Edelman Trust Barometer or the Business Roundtable, people want to work for companies and they want to buy from companies that care about more than just the bottom line. They want to, um, you know, support companies that, that, that are trying to fix the world and come up with Mm -hmm. solutions for the planet. And, you know, as faith and institutions like government and financial institutions, and sadly the media, has declined. And I just read a Gallup survey that said more people distrust the media than trust the media now. Yeah, it was in the, I read it, it was in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the 80% right. was the, the, yeah. It was really, really heartbreaking. 80%. Heartbreaking. And so a, a lot of companies are kind of taking up the slack of addressing some of these big issues. And so we work with some of these companies, these global brands, And we have a newsletter called Wake Up Call that you can get six mornings a week where we break down the news and have other interesting stories and information. Uh, We have, obviously, I do a podcast as well called Next Question. I just interviewed Elizabeth Banks this morning about her new movie called Jane. She's so nice, by the way. She's the best. And she's so smart. She's like you, Rob. You're very smart, too. And um, and then, so we do digital series, we do interviews. We I'm developing some documentaries and wow, um, how fun! Yeah, and some scripted projects. So, you know, we're I'm just I'm just trying to stay focused on important things that matter and use whatever waning influence I have left in a sea of influencers. No, you're a, you're a made woman. You're, you're on the the Mount Rushmore. It's, you did it. Anything I can do to help keep people informed, to motivate them. I, you know, like you, Rob, I have access to all these brilliant people in various arenas and to be able to share their wisdom with other people is a real gift. And so uh, that's what we're doing. We have about 40 employees now. It's also fun for me to mentor some young mm. people who are interested in learning uh, uh, and honing some of the skills you need to, to, do, to, do, to be a good storyteller. So it's fun. And it's, um, you know, it's different, but it gives me a lot of flexibility. Plus, I, I think I can speak out a little bit more about issues I care about, like reducing gun violence or, you know, reproductive rights, which is such an important issue for women that it, you know, these rights are being so eroded, um, to say the least. So, you know, I think I've earned that that right to be able to talk about things I care about. And um, so sure. that's what I'm able to do with this company. And you're still based in New York, yeah, right? Yeah, but we go to LA in the winter for a month or two. My daughter, my older daughter, Ellie is a is a writer for a show called The Boys, which is on Amazon. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a great show. I know that show. It's great. Yeah. So she's in LA. She was married about a year ago, and she and her husband Mark live in Los Angeles. So it's fun for me to be able to visit her. Carrie lives in in Brooklyn, so she's closer. But I, I, the older I get, the more I hate cold weather. I that's such a cliche. I guess I'm a snowbird, but I like to fly west west instead of south. It's and look, New York, New York is is a, is a young man, young woman's game. I, I really do believe that. I, I mean, I think everybody should live in New York for, 
their whole lives web, but you got to you got to do New York. You, you just have to. But There's it's also better. actually a good place for. I mean, I, I we sound like we're getting ready for the nursing home, but it's also a good place <laughs> for older people because if you like culture. That's and right. if you Culture. like to walk and everything, you know, you walk outside and there's a restaurant. And, um, you know, so I see a lot of older New Yorkers really thriving here as well. Oh, that's interesting. But it makes sense, right? Yeah. You get your walk, you get your your social. Because I, I have to fight the urge to be isolated because I'm I'm around so many people shooting. The, the, I'm, I'm doing two television series at the same time. That's incredible. Tell me about those because I would tell me the ones you're doing because one is on Fox, right? So one is on Fox and it's uh, in its fourth season. It's Ryan Murphy uh, uh, co-created with Tim Minear. It's, it's 911 Lone Star. So it's the 911 franchise. It's super successful and um, really fun. Great character. I get to do heroic and funny all at the same time. Uh-huh. And it's a massive like show like the scope of it is like a Michael Bay movie it's just ginormous yeah um so i get that and then john owen who you know from stanford he and i co-created a show for netflix a comedy about fathers and sons and we shot our first season eight episodes it comes out in um march or april oh that's so exciting and yeah so i have both those and that's a goofy funny heartfelt laugh out loud comedy sort of in the veins of parks and rec uh-huh. and Veep. that's sort of the tone of it um so super exciting but that's that's a that's a lot you know crew you know there's 150 people on every crew right and you're you know as the you know creator and then lead actor you're the center of all the hubbub yeah so like my thing is i just i just need to unplug i need to yeah be, i need I to understand a own but i have to be careful <laughs> i'm gonna end up like jeremiah johnson i'm gonna be how's that, how's that for a current reference i don't um, think i don't think that's gonna happen rob you don't think i'm gonna up you, you have to have snowshoes to come visit me i'll be up in I some don't shack think so I don't think Cheryl's going to let that happen. No, she's not. That's true. <laughs> Luckily, I've got her to tether me to some yeah. semblance of uh, of of um, culture. Yeah. Well, when you come out, I would love to see you, and I would love to do your podcast anytime you want. Just call oh, me. Oh, that huh? would be fun. That would be fun. Um, you know, I always love seeing you. I always love talking to you. You're one of the nicest people on the planets oh, and on the planet. Why did I say planets? Because you know that there are more <laughs> planets out there. Because yeah, you're, it, you it, know what's what. Come on, it's not just but. us. I mean, I'm I'm as nice as anybody you'll ever meet on the Pleiades, or on Sirius, <laughs> or, and I'm not talking about radio. I'm talking about the planet. Um, we should do a, a podcast about uh, recovery and uh, adolescents and parents and dealing with that. We should do because we're talking about sharing knowledge. I that that's what I love to speak on when I get. When I get half the chance, I I, I speak on um, cancer awareness. Cancer is where I do a lot of work around the country on that, as you know. And then the yeah. other one I, I like to talk about is 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 recovery and what it's like to raise um, adolescents in a world where part of being an adolescent is figuring out your relationship with drugs and alcohol. Yeah, and, and that's I uh, I get it makes me feel um, useful. <laughs> good, good. Well, you're doing a lot of good out there, so. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. This is fun. This is great. Yeah. Amazing talk. What an amazing woman. Truly amazing. And I hope you guys um, took away from it what I took away from it. I I, I immediately am calling Cheryl to make sure she gets uh, her proper checkup. And I think it'd be really great if you guys out there uh, send a link to this to the appropriate people in your in your lives, a guy who's turned forty five for the colonoscopy, a, a woman in in in, your, in their life to get the mammograms. Um, it would be really worthwhile, and it was a fun interview. Come on, it wasn't just take your medicine, right? I mean, we 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 do both things here. Literally, we can have meaningful conversation and be goofy people as well. Come on now. All right, you know what time it is. It's time to check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323 
570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hello, Rob. My name is Sally. I'm currently sitting in the British Airways lounge at Newark Airport, having just spent a week in New York celebrating my birthday. Uh, de- delayed by a year for the pandemic. But what I did is I flew lots of my friends in, and um, we did what I love most in New York, which was going on Jane's Carousel, eating banana pudding from Magnolia Bakery. That was my ideal birthday experience. So I would love to know, since I've worshipped you since I was very, very young, and I'm now very, very old, um, what would be your ideal birthday experience? Just an hour of a day. What would you do? Who would you have? Where would you go? What would you eat to make it your utterly perfect birthday? I highly recommend James Carousel. Uh, in Dumbo in New York, and I highly recommend Magnolia Banana Pudding. If you don't have anything like that in England. So, yes, I was just wondering, because I'm listening to your podcast in the lounge, and you're getting me through the long wait to get on my plane to go home to my family. So thank you for your podcast. I love it. Tell me all about your ideal birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, you are so charming. I love it. I love that. And you're so right, by the way, about that magnolia pudding. Holy cow. It's so good. And I do love me a good carousel. Um, I got to say, your your birthday experience is uh, nothing to sneeze at. So mine, well, I, I, have a, I have a bunch of them. I would love to be skiing. My birthday is in March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. So it always falls in a, in a time where it's great spring skiing. I love skiing. Could be anywhere. It could be Europe. Could be Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Could be Whistler Black Home in Canada. Could be in Utah. All my favorite mountains. With my my, I always want to be with my boys. I always want to be with my sons. My wife doesn't really ski, so she'll be waiting for us to have. What would we want to be eating? The problem is you don't eat so great when you ski. You just don't, unless you're in Europe. So maybe I need to come to like Zermatt and have like fondue. How about that? And in a whole other area, I would want to be in Bora Bora, French Polynesia is my favorite place in the world, snorkeling in the reef, looking at all the fish with my family, and then having just some beautiful sort of French Polynesian food um, in our bathing suits, soaking wet. That's, um, boy, those sound good. You know what? I'm going to book them. I'm, I'm making a phone call. I got to go. Got to make a phone call and do that. Thanks. Until next week, this is me signing off, and I will see you back at Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Rob Schulte, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Our research is done by Alyssa Grahl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. All of the music on this podcast was composed by Devin Bryant, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Stitcher.